0: So as someone who's implemented collaborative response in two different school divisions, what are some of the challenges that might need to be overcome in implementing a framework system wide?
1: You will encounter in some schools that have uh, really strong PAT results, for example, people saying, you look, we're already doing a great job. And so why you'll encounter In some places, people were trying to make the argument that this is another thing, it's an addition to the plate. Uh, You will encounter a real reluctance to have a conversation that goes beyond just uh, venting about the student, but that actually digs into, and here's where I'm struggling to meet their needs. Uh, We as teachers for a long time coming through the industrial uh, model really have taken a kid who's in grade four and they're in my class and I'm in there with them and I do the stuff and um, the best of us have always dug around to find new ways to do things for an individual if it wasn't working for them. The best of us have always done that and all of us were successful on occasion or often in doing that, but none of us were always successful. And when our support system for that student ended at the door, then we cut off children from a great deal of opportunity for um, expanded skill sets and beautiful, powerful, talented teachers who are just across the hall who have exactly what they need, right? And so um, you will encounter people who like that notion that their classroom is their, their, little, um, their little world and they get to create community in there and, um, and they fear that reaching out is somehow saying I'm a failure, but really reaching out through the process of collaborative response is actually about saying that I, I am a very successful teacher and successful professionals always seek support from other successful professionals to make them better, right? There's, you, you would hope that a surgeon who encounters a problem in the operating room and knows that a doctor down the hall could help would call out right now. And, and I realize that what we do day to day isn't life and death. And so we can tend to just try and stand in and do it all on our own. But the fact is that uh, almost nobody can. So uh, you encounter that those kinds of resistance. You encounter uh, resistance to making that amount of time available consistently within your day. Uh, and you will encounter uh, arguments that say, well, we tried collaboration back in the whatever and um, it just turned into a waste of time and I would have been better off planning in my room and so on. and. So those, those challenges and those complaints are ones that, that I experienced in both places or that school level leaders experienced in both places. And frankly, some school leaders uh, brought to the table as well. Uh, and uh, they're to be expected.
0: And in overcoming them, would you say that it's, it's the learning process, the building Capacity, the common language, the common understanding, the the vulnerability of leadership—that sort of helped to shift those mindsets.
1: Absolutely, and and I think um, I think as soon as you engage in a conversation, as soon as someone in that room says, "I'm not sure about this," could we try X? When they're willing to play and ask for help. And when it works for a student or a cohort of students, as soon as that happens once, then there's just a little more willingness to, to say, Hey, what about, or to, to say, I'm not sure how to do this or to admit a vulnerability to say, I'm actually not skilled at this. I struggle with this. Uh, could you help me with that? Once you start to build a little bit of a a momentum in that, then uh, it tends to carry on and and move. You have to tend to it to make sure that it continues, but um, it tends to to start to roll. I think the risk that administrators can um, run into is if they are too afraid to, to articulate that, engaging in this kind of collaboration is not optional that it is an obligation within our profession. It's stated in, in numerous places in the teaching quality standard. And that this framework that we're using is, it is a framework, um, but that the expectation to engage in meaningful conversation about learning, uh, about your own practice, and about what can be done collectively to better meet the needs of students is, a, it is core to our profession. It exists in ministerial order, but even if it didn't exist just as a, a value, this is something that we need and must do. So the, the supportive accountability piece of this work becomes critically important when people start to try and pull away from that process by saying they don't need it or uh, whatever, that you have to be willing to step into that conversation with the individual uh, in a respectful way. Um, to help them understand that commitment to that kind of dialogue, that kind of mutual support of students, is actually not up for debate here. This is what we do here. Um, I can do all that I can to support you in fully engaging, but this is actually not going away. This isn't a passing fad. Once it starts to produce results for kids, um, because teachers are stronger together then it's harder for people to argue against it where i've seen it fail or start to falter has been where um, administration failed to invest fully in it uh, where they decided that there was a a piece over here that was more important um, and didn't invest in those conversations or where they knew the conversation needed to happen, but they couldn't bring themselves to do it. And then that's, that's where um, I and my team get to play a part in sitting with them and saying, Hey, you no, know, let me help you. You can rehearse that conversation with me. It has to happen. So how are you going to do it? And, and you can't do it the way I do it because I'm wired this way. But how do we find a way to help you have that supportive accountability conversation with that teacher in a manner that fits, fits you, right? You, you can't, There's room for every kind of personality in the work. So how do I help you find a way to say what needs to be said with your voice, not with mine saying it is an optional though, just like you're going to have that conversation with a teacher that says engaging in this work, collaborating to better meet the needs of students is not optional. Using data to guide your action, using research to support your decision making. These are not optional in a profession. Uh, then we also have to be able to say to administrators, Hey, you know, fidelity to structure, and the courage to hold people accountable for conducting themselves within it uh, in the manner that's supportive of the work, that's not optional. So let me help you get there, right? So then you're modeling what you expect in your school.
0: And so through that process of modeling and having those non-negotiable conversations and providing those opportunities for support, you mentioned successes in, you know, you can't argue when students are, are, are growing. What other successes have you seen through the adoption of collaborative response as a framework across the district?
1: Well, you know, um, we've seen significant improvement in um, measurable outcomes for students. So um, our results in achievement and diploma exams has improved. Now we've We've made so many changes systemically that it's hard to point to one variable to know what, what it is. I would say though that collaborative response, as again, as an expression of a set of values, is critical to that improvement because we've really indicated that the time we provide for conversation needs to be truly professional, needs to be formed around what's best for kids needs to be formed around action you need to invest the resources to do the conversations and then be willing to move resources to do what emerges from those conversations you know Uh, we've also though hired um, uh, optimal learning coaches whose job it is to work with teachers and school leaders to build professional learning opportunities that are either personalized or that are built around school or department or team goals, all of which need to be centered on meeting the needs of kids in their own classroom um, that can be supported by research that can be measured by data and those kinds of things. So we've seen improvements in results, both the hard measures, the achievement on exams, but also the soft measures have been improving consistently um, for the for the last number of years Um, we've seen a shift in the way we approach um, leadership so we've made it uh, really clear in our leadership development thinking and in our conversations about um, people moving into formal leadership roles that instructional leadership is the absolute most critical focus of a leader in a school and so you can be very good in terms of management uh, and good at structures and good at systems. Um, but you have to have developed an affinity for and, and demonstrated commitment to um, professional learning for yourself, but also being adept at supporting the professional learning of others if you want to move into a formal leadership roles. And so, again, collaborative response isn't. Uh, um, directly connected to that, except that that expression of the value of professional learning and professional thinking as what we do here um, is is another manifestation of that kind of thinking around leadership positions and so on. We've seen people emerge from collaborative response work throughout the system as informal leaders in their schools. It's served as a mechanism for schools to identify leaders and then to distribute leadership to a broader range of people in our schools. Sometimes that leadership is temporary, right? This, this thing we're going to do, this intervention, we're going to explore. You're the person with the greatest facility. And so how about you share that information, knowledge, and skill with others? You lead this work. Now the capacity has been built within the group. And so that person shifts Uh, to being a resident expert certainly but part of the team that's engaging in that work and then someone else will emerge as the person who has a whole bunch to offer in this new area because no one of us can know it all right and so uh, it's elevated uh, or it's helped elevate and provide voice for uh, people who've always wanted to or 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 could have been able to be instructional leaders in their school but wouldn't necessarily have seen opportunity or have been invited to to do it and often our groupings are by grade level or division um, and so um, often you're there with a group of people with whom you've developed a level of trust beforehand um, and so being able to step up and do that is a little bit safer but then you know we have division one teams for example who've let's say um, they've made really tremendous gains with their students. a young group who at whatever age within that sort of K to three group weren't kind of where we wanted them to be. They planned interventions, they engaged them. They uh, did a lot of work and reading and thinking about what it means to teach literacy and pre-literacy skills. And wow, look at what's happening with our cohort of kids. Well, those conversations um because of this kind of thinking now we're making their way from the div one team to the div two team we have a a group of div two teachers who who hadn't really considered that they needed to be literacy teachers but they can see that they do well this group over here has been trying these things and it's making great gains and why couldn't we apply those principles and those structures and the things that we did to our grade four groups so let's play with that together so now you've you're, you're sharing um, leadership across the system. Um, collaborative response and our systems approach to it has allowed uh, school leaders to be present in in some ways for the a collaborative response work of other schools. And so it allowed them to have a look at things that really work and say, hey, maybe we could bring that back and, and talk to our teams about it and see if we could give it a run in our building. So that diffusing um, experience and wisdom uh, across the system is building stronger collaborative response in different schools. It's not perfect in, in by any means, it's not perfect anywhere. And it's, uh, it's a work in progress across the system. And some are just running and others are, are um, they're catching up. But the, the, the benefit to varying degrees is present uh, across the system.
0: You've talked a lot about the, the shift in culture internally in the education system with optimal learning environments and collaborative response and the values that are held within there. What would you say you've seen as the, the shifts in sort of the, the greater educational community with the work that you've been doing?
1: Well, you know, um, it it's made its way into conversations at, um, at uh, school council meetings. It's been part of how we communicate. Um, what we do and why we do it to our um, broader community. And so it's not unusual for families to receive a phone call where, where the, the teacher is saying, so we, we discussed um, students who are experiencing this same kind of challenge that little Susie is experiencing. And so we're going to go down this road and explore a way to help Susie and her friends who are having a similar challenge they may not understand that it's collaborative response, but they're they're coming to understand that um, the vast majority of our kids are going to be part of conversations where teachers are coming together to talk about how do we help them be even stronger than they are? How do we help them develop those skills? Our data on safe and caring and um, uh, improvement, system improvement and quality of learning um, has grown a lot of it has been on the strength of teachers seeing uh, themselves as more successful but some of that data is also reflected that parents feel that their teachers are producing quality for their kids and they're asking hard questions of themselves about their work because they're they're engaging with families in that way so we know that a large part of those conversations that happen in collaborative response um, comes around to so we could really use support from families in this way in order to bolster the work that we're doing here. Uh, And so when you're inviting parents to a conversation in a way that says, well, here's the challenge that we're experiencing, here are the things that we're doing. We're wondering if you could do this to help us. That's a really powerful place to start a conversation because you're not starting from a position of, hey, your child has this challenge. You should really work on this at home. It's hey, we're working through this. Here are some ideas we have. Here are some things we're trying here. Could you uh, could you join us in that journey? Uh, is there anything more you can tell us? Maybe there's something we don't know about Billy and about how they learn that that uh, that could help us do a better job. And 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 you don't have to be on an ISP for that to be a meaningful conversation. So I, I think it's showing up in our approach to using as many powerful people in a kid's life as we can to help influence their learning. The,
0: the students in your division are incredibly lucky for the support that they have from the classroom all the way up to that system level of leadership. Thank you. With Jigsaw Learning, we talk about our work with partners and Mark, I have heard Curtis and Lorna talk about your role of being the, the leader around implementing collaborative response as that leader how would you describe the relationship of being a partner with Jigsaw Learning in that implementation?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I have played with the notion of response to intervention since I started as a principal and that's a long, that's 20 years ago uh, when I first became a principal. Uh, and back then, I was reading DeFore and others around building a pyramid of interventions and then sort of squeezing kids through a set of of, uh, processes. And there was a lot of good in it, but there are pieces that were missing. uh, Certainly when I finally came to a place where I thought that I had been part of school teams that had been successful in, in, in engaging in response to intervention, um, it was because we played such a high premium on the value of that work in the conversation and building structures on our own that we thought would would work. But but my school suffered from what I described earlier, that sort of going it on your own and not really. All you can see is what's in your own building and you can maybe steal opportunities for conversations elsewhere. I am not an expert. Um, my um, role as a system leader is to to first be a teacher and someone who reaches out to better understand the meaning of my work as it supports student learning Um, there are things about my job that are the givens right i need to work to make sure that the budget is balanced and i need to make sure that oh and s things are done the way they're supposed to be done and i need to make sure the board is well informed and that i um, I take their vision and I make it happen. Those are givens. Uh, it should also be a given that if you're a system leader, you are a lead teacher that the core of your conversations always come around to our children learning. Have we met the conditions necessary for all of our children to learn? How do we respond when they don't? So I think part of the system leaders role in making collaborative response or, or any endeavor work is that you need to actually be truly convinced that it's tied to your system's core values and your purpose and your purpose is to lead learning. To be frank, I am still um, largely engaged. So this afternoon we have a collaborative response steering committee meeting. I'm in that meeting. I'm part of that committee. I'm part of the leadership team meetings. I attend collaborative response meetings in some schools that, that I work directly with. Uh, I'm not as deeply engaged as I was when I was Deputy superintendent, and that that makes some sense, right? I have awesome people who are all in uh, to support that and and they make sure that I know what they need. The strength of jigsaw for us is is well, there's there's a few areas. So one is, obviously, there's the rich um, depth of knowledge that comes from having worked across the province and outside of the the province with schools that are engaged in this work and thinking. And so you have that collective wisdom that you're able to gather because you're doing, you're experiencing this in so many places. So you'll be able to go to a like-sized system as Medicine Hat and say, well, uh, this challenge you're experiencing, uh, Superintendent so-and-so, you could give Mark a call because they've They've lived part of it. Here are some of the things that they did, and maybe you could try that, where as a superintendent, you can read all you want, but if people have actually set foot in other jurisdictions, spent time with teachers, helped grapple with those challenges, you build this sort of um, power, right? The power that comes from having experienced those things. So I appreciate that power of that knowledge and wisdom that comes um, through Jigsaw because they've supported so many in doing the work. There's an opportunity provided by, uh, and I've experienced directly with Curtis, I know it exists with others who work within um, Jigsaw Learning for sure, but I've sat in meetings and got to watch Curtis have the conversations where um, schools would be ticking along doing something. And uh, I can go to a meeting and I'm, I am of course going to say what needs to be said, um, but I'm also mindful of the fact that this is one of the many things that I need to work with this principal to accomplish. And so uh, if I know that this big thing over here I need to address with them, uh, I might reserve some of my personal capital for that conversation and maybe not address something that I see or not address it as directly that I see within collaborative response. Um, because I am reserving, um, that hard conversation for this, this more critical or more core or more direct conversation. Curtis doesn't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Your colleagues don't have to do that. You can see it and speak it. um, and like I said, I will see it and I'll speak it. But I'm going to um, have to manage a different set of long-term, very meaningful relationships in doing it. That is not to suggest that I've ever seen a Jigsaw be brutal in their assessment of people or the work or anything like that. That's not at all what I'm saying. But you bring that collective wisdom and power and you can say, I've sat in on Thousands of these meetings have participated in thousands of PD opportunities focused on this and I can tell you that what you just did isn't actually a collaborative response. What you did was you had a really nice conversation, but when you left, no action was planned. And so you haven't advanced um, your school in meeting the needs of that student or that group of students. um, As you should have and that can be said in a way that's different perhaps again depending on the space of that relationship at the time and that's powerful um you also have a team of people who have well-earned uh credibility so part of my journey or our journey as a system because we we were almost all of us neophytes in it um is that we're all sort of we're reading the book and then we're attending pd and we're we're gathering data and we're trying to sort of name the problem for ourselves in each school Um, being able to have people who come to have those conversations who who've been there and done that and can assure you that this all this dislocation and challenge you feel your superintendent isn't lying to you when he says this will pass but we have to attend to it your superintendent isn't lying to you that uh, your staff are saying you've put all this extra on my plate but if you if you're mindful of the other things that you do clear away from their work uh, but also uh, teach them how to say this is actually part of the plate differentiation has never been optional uh, meeting the needs of kids based on what the data tells you they need has is, is never been optional when um when that voice comes with a whole set of experiences that can say i've, I've seen schools struggle here this is the place you are in implementation here are some here are some tips on on how to power through those things how to adjust in order to to do better tomorrow Uh, those are all really um, those are all really useful pieces of that partnership for us
0: and to put it back you have your teams in both places that you've been sharing their stories and their learnings and adding to that collective wisdom that that our team and curtis in particular because he i know he's the one that is out and about doing most of the work around collaborative response Mm -hmm. the groups of people that you work with have experienced your openness in sharing the stories and the learnings and that we're not in this alone and so they're willing to share their stories and build up the capacity of others with whom curtis encounters Good yeah it's fantastic it's this It's this lovely network <laughs> That's right. that helps us all get better
1: absolutely. We're not in a competition here.
0: no, we are all in it because in the grand scheme of things, when we start at a school level, they're our students. We go to the district level, they're our students, and I mean as we continue to grow, they're our students mm-hmm. this is this is our future,
1: yeah, absolutely.